The first reading this evening is taken from the book of Corinthians, first book, chapter 1, 18 to 25, continuing then in chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. This may be found on page 1144 of the Church Bible and on the screen behind me. Christ crucified is God's power and wisdom. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is a philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demanded signs. Greeks looked for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser, wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And going on at chapter 2, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence of human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the second reading is Luke 9, 22 to 27, page 1039 of the Bibles next to you. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. And he must be killed on the third day, be raised to life. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. 
This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everyone. My name's Fran. It's great to be here again. Um, Louis, can you just do me a favour? I just want you to light some candles for me. These candles around the cross. Well done. Did you manage to get? Excellent. So we're just going to do a little quiz before we get started. So I need, um, I need four people on each team. So we need two teams, so I need eight people in total. So who wants to, who wants to have a go? It's very simple. It's just identifying logos. So who wants to have a go? I'm sure you want to have a go. Come on then. Come on, Les. Come on, Charlie. Anyone else? And all come at once. Come on then. Come on, Jilly. Come on, Sophie. Come on, um, Becky. Well done. Oh, no, it's not a Bible kiss. It's, it's very easy. So I've got Sophie. Oh, I've got, okay, so I need... Yes, Sophie and Becky. Come on. Okay. Okay, so they've got some logos up here. So, right, okay, so you stand in front of Les, and then you stand in front of Chris, and then we need to sit here. So, Charlie's in front, Jilly's behind. Okay. Okay. And then your buzzers. So you put your hands on the heads. And the first one to know the answer. Eh. Okay. Okay. So the first logo. Okay. Okay. That was Charlie. Kentucky. Okay. Simple one. Next one. Oh. Google. No, it's not beat it. BT, he buzzed. Next one. Oh, here we go. You have to get louder. I need louder. Louder buzzes. Go on then. National Lottery, good one. Oh. Oh. A buzz here. Nestle. Nestle? Well done. I'm listening now. Oh, that was Becky. Penguin, yeah. Oh. Okay, we'll give it to both. Okay, next one. Oh, over here. What is it? Quicksilver. Next one. That was over here. PlayStation. Next one. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to these guys over here. Shell. And next one. Oh, World Wildlife Fund. Give them a round of applause. Well done, you clever people. That's it. That's the quiz. There's no prizes. But it's interesting, isn't it, how we, how we kind of um, associate companies by their logo. And it kind of got me thinking. Um, 
about the church. What, 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 what do we recognise as, as being the church? What's our logo? What's our, um, what's our iconic symbol? The cross. the cross. Anything else? The fish. Yeah, good one. Anyone else? The dove. The dove. Yeah. Jesus. The resurrection. The church. Church building. Candles. Now, you, you're good. So, to, the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. So, tonight we are we're looking at the cross. And I guess it's the most iconic symbol and the most popular, regarded by us as Christians as, um, as a symbol of salvation. My laptop works tonight, I'm sure it will. Now, most of you guys know that I'm, um, I'm considering becoming ordained. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's scary, isn't it? And it's a bit, yeah, it's bizarre, it's bizarre. But anyway, so I've been on this journey for a year and a half now, and, um, and it's been up and down, it's been a real roller coaster. And this week I had an interview, and the guy interviewing me asked me, um, it's a you know, basic question. So why, why do you want to become ordained then, Frank? And my response, if I would have been in just an all interview, he would have thrown me out and said, you know, you need to go. I said to him, do you know what? I really don't want this. I really, really don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to dress up in robes. <laughs> I don't want to wear a dog colour. I don't really consider myself a, an Anglican. But I went on to say, but you know what? It's not about what I want. I'm just following, really. Silly old me is trying to follow where, Je- where I feel Jesus is leading me. And if we look at, at Luke... We look at Luke, uh, verse 23. Then Jesus said to all the people, If any of you want to be my followers, you must forget about yourself. You must take up your cross each day and follow me. Oh, that's not a good start, is it? Sorry about that. I'll, I'll carry on. Nothing, nothing has happened. Luke 20, yeah. But every one of us has a calling. Every single one of us. And that calling is to, is to pick up our cross. It's to follow Jesus. Every single one of us, no matter how old we are, no matter how young we are, God has a calling for us. You know, God has had a calling, he had a purpose for his son Jesus. He too has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And as Christians, we try 
our best to follow Jesus by following his word, by imitating his life, by obeying his commands. And yes, to take up the cross would mean to, um, to carry it to your death, to the place where you'd be killed. But I guess the question I need to ask tonight is, how can we make picking up our cross and following Jesus, how can that apply to our lives this evening? What does that mean to us? And really, I'm, I'm preaching as much as myself as I am to you guys. And in these verses, it says simply, you know, we, we have to um, deny our selfish desires, our own ways. And we shouldn't choose our own direction. No one said it would be easy. It will be costly. But I've met many Christians um, who are coming to the end of their life and they say with confidence that following Jesus is worth it. Following Jesus is worth it. You know, we're all willing to pay a high price for material stuff, aren't we? Something we value. Maybe it's a house. Maybe it's a new car, new clothes. Maybe it's the latest gadget. For us, maybe it's a camper van as a family. It's only stuff. You know, God wants us to have less stuff in our lives. We fill our life with stuff, don't we? That's why it's no surprise that Jesus demands so much commitment from us, his followers. Oh, thank you, Jilly. The spot on my lips were getting really dry there. So he requires so much commitment from us. In this passage, we see it three, three times. First of all, we must... Conditions. We must deny ourselves. We must take up our cross. We must deny our selfish ways. Because we all want it our way, don't we? We all want to be selfish. We don't want to follow God. We want God to fit in with our plans. But here we are. He's telling us, forget about our selfish ways. We must deny ourselves. We must follow him and we must pick up our cross. To give up stuff for Jesus. You know, I guess because everything else is just, it's superficial, isn't it? Superficial lip service. And I love the way that, um, that Paul puts it in, 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 in Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5. Let me just read that to you. Four and five. One Corinthians four and five. When I talk with you or preach, I didn't try to prove anything by sounding wise. I simply get, let God's Spirit 
his, pa- his, his power. That way you would have faith because of God's power and not because of human wisdom. You know, Paul could have overwhelmed his listeners with intellectual arguments. But instead he shared the message of Christ Jesus in a simple way. In a simple way. By allowing the Holy Spirit to guide him in sharing the gospel. And I guess it speaks to me as well. I need to keep, when I speak to people, I need to keep it simple. We need to keep the gospel simple. We need to follow Paul's example. We need to let the Holy Spirit give us the power to our words. And then, and then use them to bring glory to God. You know, I'm, I'm standing here not in my own strength. I couldn't do this on my own strength. I'm completely reliant on God. I may appear confident, but fearful. So many doubts creep in. Confident, I'm not. Confident in Jesus, I am. Fears and doubts always creep in. You see, Paul's knowledge came from the Holy Spirit. Paul's not, uh, he's not denying that that study isn't important, that preparation isn't, isn't important, because it is. It's so important to preaching, to everything we do as Christians to picking up our Bibles on a daily basis, for making time to spend in the presence of God. You know, all this for me is still work in progress. I know the mornings that I dive into Scripture, I tend to have awesome days. My days are great. And you know what happens when I forget? I feel there's something missing. You know, if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we're going to take up our cross. We need to know our Bible. We need to know it. You know, Jesus knew he had to suffer. He came to serve. He came to suffer. And then he came to die for us. And it um, it was foretold in the Old Testament in Psalms. Psalm 22 The sacrifice, the resurrection of the Messiah through the Old Testament. Written by David a long time before Christ. Gives us the very perspective of the Lord hanging on the cross. It describes how people mocked Christ in Psalm 22, verses 7 to 8. And then in Matthew 27, verses 41 to 43 how they cast lots to divide up his clothes. And in Psalm 22, verse 18, how his bones were out of joint. In Psalm 22, verse 14, how the wicked had surrounded him, pierced his hands and feet. It's worth reading Psalm 22. Verse 16, the scars of which Thomas later got to touch and feel. 
Jesus had to die. It was part of God's plan for his son's life. That he would suffer. That he would feel human pain. Often people, people, people say to me, God doesn't know, understand. God doesn't feel my pain. God doesn't understand what I'm going through. God doesn't understand me. But it all changed on that cross. Everything changed. They killed our saviour. The saviour of the world. He paid the ultimate price on that cross. He had to go through his father's hatred and punishment for us. And death and sin... Death and sin was defeated. They loved each other perfectly for eternity. But now God and Jesus were separated. You know, if Jesus was willing to be sacrificed and the Father was willing to put his son to death, then how much more Must they love us? It's a debt that we can never pay off. Never pay off. And they don't ask for any payment. Yes, the cross brings us to the Father. It brings us to the Father. But it's also the reason we want to come to him. Has anyone loved you this much? Has anyone loved you this much that was prepared to give up their life for you? The cross wasn't the end for Jesus, was it? He rose from the dead. And now the man who loved you enough to die for you offers you eternal life. He offers you a relationship. This evening, this cross offers you a gateway into a relationship with Jesus. The cross offers you healing. I've said this before, but if you're here for the first time and and you don't know Jesus, please don't leave without letting Jesus in. Jesus died on that cross for you. He bled to death he shed his blood for you for every person here and all he wants is for you to choose him don't leave this place without inviting Jesus into your life so we just close our eyes just for a moment And just think of of what Jesus did on that cross for every one of us here. And just while every eye is closed, I'd just love to offer you an opportunity. If you've never accepted Jesus into your life, 
Jesus died for you. No matter what you've said and done. When Jesus went, went to that cross, your sins were forgiven. If there's anyone here tonight who wants to start that relationship with Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter who you've hurt. If you believe that Jesus died for you, your sins are forgiven. If you want to make that commitment tonight, if you want to say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for going to the cross. Just why every eye is closed. Would you just raise your hand? I'm just going to say a, a simple prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your death on the cross. And Lord, thank you that you rose again three days later and that you live in relationship with us. You know, Jesus, Jesus was, was nailed to the cross. He showed his ultimate love for us. We too can now our worries, our concerns, our illnesses to this cross. Maybe you've had, maybe you've been hurt in the past. I'd encourage you to nail them to the cross. I'd encourage you to respond. Maybe you're carrying burdens. You know, Jesus tells us, cast your burdens onto me because I care for you. I love you. He died for you. We're just going to just have a time of response. We've got post-it notes here. And if you feel you need to just nail stuff to the cross, it's a really good way of letting stuff go of releasing stuff to Jesus. I'm just going to ask the worship band to, just to come and play. And if you feel you need to respond, if you feel you need to now stuff to the cross, then please, um, please come forward.